When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The long wait, people, is finally over. Football's back. And, you know, I always say that the NFL has the longest offseason and the shortest season, so we better enjoy it when it's here. Week one is officially kicking off Thursday when the defending Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams, host the defending AFC East champions, the Buffalo Bills. Well, on today's episode of Race Sports Rant, I host Mario from Hashtag Sports and the Dean Blundell Network to discuss everything about the Buffalo Bills. I ask Mario, will the Bills be able to live up to the astronomical expectations that they're carrying around with them this season? How does Buffalo move forward and not let the devastating loss to the Kansas City Chiefs negatively affect them this season? You can't win a Super Bowl completely dependent on superstars, which under the radar player can have an unexpected impact on the Bills this season. And the Rams are going to be a big week one challenge for the Bills. Mario is going to give his insight on what Buffalo needs to do to ensure a victory over Los Angeles. You know, the NFL had the chance to do the right thing. I believe that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Unfortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC, it, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and, you know, say, well, you know, we don't want Deshaun anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it. Yes, and we're back. Welcome to Ray Sports Rain. I'm Ray Rout, and I am sitting in the sports director chair of the Dean Blindell Network at DeanBlindell.com. Thanks to everybody who's tuning in. Make sure that you uh, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and never miss an episode of Ray Sports Rant. You can find this podcast in tons and tons of other great sports content over at the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. Speaking of great content over at the network, Tonight, I'm going to be hosting Mario from Hashtag Sports. You can see their YouTube page, Hashtag Sports. You can download their podcast, Hashtag Sports. Follow them on Twitter at Hashtag 2.0. Instagram at Hashtag Sports. And find his Buffalo Bills blogs and all of their content over at DeanBlundell.com. It's time to bring Mario in because Mario, what's, how are you? Every time you do that opening, I feel like a throwback of Triple H with the DX. <laughs> I just feel it coming, you know what I mean? All right, listen. The Buffalo Bills are favorites to win the Super Bowl this year. Josh yeah. Allen is the favorite to win MVP. I think it's fair to say that the Buffalo Bills haven't had these types of expectations on them since Jim Kelly was leading the Bills to four straight Super Bowls. 
Bills Mafia is in a frenzy. Almost every football analyst on the planet is picking Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. My fellow New England Patriot fans are finding every reason to dismiss the Bills as true contenders. Buffalo has now entered that realm of, I dare say, greatness. And fans around the NFL are in envy of what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have done to Bill Buffalo. That being said, the Buffalo Bills have historically let their fans down. Bills Mafia is hoping that this year will be different. Mario, will the Buffalo Bills be able to live up to those astronomical expectations? Well, they obviously have the talent in their roster to do so. I mean, when you talk about it from top to bottom, from the guy leading the charge and Josh Allen signing a massive deal for Von Miller, uh, you know, the the tandem safeties of Poyer and Hyde back there, um, you know, taking a first-round pick with a cornerback, uh, you know, Tredavious White's going to be coming off the shelf very soon. You got an electric uh, rookie at running back coming in and James Cook. What, what could he offer to the offense? They bolster that offensive line. They just uh, extended Dawson Knox for four more years. I mean, there's a lot of things going on very, very positively at one Bills drive. And the Bills Mafia and fans of the Bufalo Bills all over the world are hoping that they're uh, they're able to come through this year. So last season, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs played one of the greatest postseason games I've ever watched. Mm -hmm. The back and forth was amazing. As a casual viewer who doesn't cheer for either team, my adrenaline was through the roof. So I can't imagine (laughs) what Bills Mafia and Chiefs Kingdom was going through at that point. Now, at one point, it looked like Josh Allen had led the Bills to an improbable touchdown and won the game and were on their way to the AFC championship game. Even knowing what happened, I still don't believe that when the chiefs got the ball back with 13 seconds left in the game, that Patrick Mahomes was able to drive the field and get the chiefs in the field goal range and tie up the game. Mm. Now I'm not bringing this up to rub it in the face of the bills fans. I'm not trying to bring up repressed memories to the surface. I have a point that I want to make. I have to believe that a devastating defeat in that manner had to sit with Buffalo Bills players this entire offseason. Some people can argue that the loss can be motivating, but it's also a moment that can derail a team and send them into a spiral before they even know what's happening. How do the Buffalo Bills move forward? You're a former player. How do they move forward and not let the loss negatively affect them this season and use it for motivation next year? Well, there's there's a lot of different things that go on with the Buffalo Bills and the infrastructure, uh, as you mentioned before. I mean, what, the, what Brandon Bean has been able to build here, what Sean McDermott, the kind of culture they've been they've been able to have here at One Bills Drive, is one of you know what this is this is how it works. It's going to work. We have the blueprint in front of you guys. This is how this is going to go. Uh, it's definitely a motivating factor for a lot of the players. I mean, obviously, thinking that you you are going to the AFC Championship and you know it gets pretty much pulled out from underneath you. One of the things that the NFL did, which I thought was very interesting, was actually scheduling the Buffalo Bills to play the defending Super Bowl champions. Normally, that's a Super Bowl matchup, so it it would seem like it was the NFL saying, "Okay, guys, we we know." We know that you guys probably would have beaten the Bengals. You would have been in the Super Bowl. So this is the matchup kind of like, you know, you don't get, you know, 
those matchups. Like when you look at the 1998 Minnesota Vikings, it would have been great to see them go again, up against Denver, right? But, you know, the Atlanta Falcons pull the rug out from underneath them, and we never get to see that matchup. This is kind of like, even though it's a regular season game, this is kind of like, hey, we know you guys wanted to see this, and this could be prefer- this could be a Super Bowl matchup with the talent that these two rosters possess. But I think the focus has always been about getting better each and every year. That playoff game, as you said, was probably one of the best playoff games I've seen in the past 15, 20 years. And it's it's one of those things where it elevated the, the Buffalo team, a loss. How many times could you say that, that a loss actually elevated a team and the expectations of what they were expected to do the following year? I mean, it's been it's been electric here in, uh, in Western New York. Bill's Mafia is coming out. You know, there's plenty of room on the bandwagon for everybody. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun actually cheer. I mean, cause we've covered the team for, for about 10 years now, and this is actually covering a team that everyone's picking to go to the Super Bowl is actually a very, very exciting time. Let me ask you something about the bills mafia, because I want to build on something that you just said. If Buffalo were to have another disappointing playoff run, a divisional round knockout, even an AFC championship knockout. Because you were at, the Bills were in the AFC Championship just a couple of years ago and didn't mm-hmm. make it to the big game. Do they start asking questions at that point? Do they start maybe turning on Brandon Bean a little bit? Because I've been in a situation as a New England Patriots fan where I watched my team win six championships. And I kid you not, the day after, the day after they beat the Los Angeles Rams for their sixth Super Bowl, a guy that I know who's a big Pats fan tweeted out, well, I don't even expect them to make the playoffs next year. The day after they won the Super Bowl, there's always an expectation for more. If they fail to get to the big game this year, because I think, and I know it's disappointing, but I think that a team can accept their team going to a Super Bowl and losing. It's not getting there. If they fail to get there again, will questions start being asked? I'm not sure. I think the questions arise if the Buffalo Bills were to go three and 14 this year. I think those, those questions would arise, you know, John Madden has a very f- famous quote a long time ago, you know, was he getting frustrated all those years? He was going to the playoffs and losing to the Steelers and losing to the dolphins. And they were just like one play here or there away. And he said, well, John, are you frustrated? He goes, no, I'm not. Fr- we're in the championship every single year. We're in the, we're in the hunt to play for the super bowl or, or get to the super bowl. The teams that got to be frustrated are the ones that won three games. So I don't think there's something wrong with the infrastructure. If you're continuing to win 10 plus 12 plus games each and every year, I don't think there's a question of the infrastructure. I think it's a question of closing. And that all being said, would it be a disappointment? Obviously it would be disappointment, but the way that bills mafia, I think is structured. um, If they win, if the Buffalo bills win the super bowl this year, it will be almost equivalent to the Patriots winning six because this franchise has been so starved for a title, I mean, it would be absolutely electric. Let me ask you one more question on this subject, then we'll move on. We also live, and I get the John Madden quote, but we also live in a different era of social media and everybody on the planet being able to have a public opinion of their sports franchise. And yes, New England Patriots fans, And I think Boston sports fans in general, even outside of the Patriots, have been spoiled the last 20 years between the Celtics, the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Patriots, 
some of those teams having multiple championships in the last 20 years, you start to get this expectation of winning. But is it not fair to say that a team that, say, wins three games like the Cincinnati Bengals a couple of years ago can turn around and have some hope and say, well, we're going to get a good draft pick. We're rebuilding. Our time's going to come. Where you have a team like Buffalo, where I believe this is this is as established as Buffalo is going to be. Mm. If they were to fail to deliver again when it really matters, does frustration start to build in in Buffalo? I think there could be a little bit of frustration for the players because the goal every year for every fran- for thirty two different fan bases and franchises is to win the Super Bowl. So looking at it in that respect. The Bills, it's a lot easier, as you know, coming from a Pats fan, it's there's one it's one thing to get to the mountaintop. It's another thing to stay on the mountaintop. I think the frustration comes in after if the Buffalo Bills were to win a Super Bowl and then they go five hundred or just just a shade under five hundred or they don't make the playoffs. I think the frustration would then in lie there. But going there and being a competitive football team every year and having such success that they've had. I mean, I think you're trying to allude to the window here of when they're going to have to start paying some of their top stars and when they're going to have to start letting some top talent go. I mean, that's that's what happened. You saw it with the New England Patriots. They had talent and they had to let it go because they had to keep their core together. The core for the Buffalo Bills right now, I think, is very, uh, you know, really solidified. And they, like I said before, they built the infrastructure within the building, within the team that you can bring guys in that may be unknowns. I mean, nobody knew who Teron Johnson was, you know, four years ago, you know, he gets a, he gets a good contract. He's a slot corner. He's one of the guys that you're going to want to look out for on Thursday. uh, Who's going to have a big responsibility ahead of him. You know, you talk about a guys like, like Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, who were sixth round cast offs. One was in Cleveland. One was a failed cornerback in green Bay and the infrastructure that they had in Buffalo. Now you're talking about two of the best safety and probably one of the best safety tandems in the NFL. I'm going to interrupt um, you there if I can, because it's yeah. the perfect segue into my next topic I actually want to talk about. Okay. Uh, because you've said it. Over the last few years, Brandon Bean has made some a lot of big moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the two that really come to my mind outside of drafting Josh Allen, obviously, is the trade for Stephon Diggs. And then I'm going to say signing Von Miller this season. Because the Von Miller signing seems to be the piece that I see across social media of Bills fans that like now we have that final nail that we need in my opinion Diggs was also really the catalyst that helped propel josh allen to that next level we haven't seen von miller play for the bills yet there is a risk that he shows his age and takes a step backwards but there's you know probably a better chance that he's going to perform and you know take the bills defense to an even different level than than we've seen from them especially with the strength of that secondary even without tradavius white for at least the first four weeks of the season those are the big names Yes. What we know is, and I know this as a New England Patriots fan, is it takes more than superstars to win a Super Bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. I can I can point to Super Bowl 49 hero Malcolm Butler. Regardless mm-hmm. of what any Patriots fan says to you, nobody really knew who Butler was before he intercepted Russell Wilson. He was yeah. a guy who came in and out of the rotation. But then there's guys who are named guys, but they're not big stars, like Chris Long. Uh, Long was a third-down pass rusher who had significant contributions to the Patriots' road to Super Bowl 51 victory, including drawing now the famous holding call that knocked Atlanta out of field goal range, which would have iced the game. Mm. Which under the radar Buffalo player or players 
have, do you believe is going to have an unexpected impact on the bills this season? I think you're going to look at two different guys. I think you're going to look at James Cook on the offensive side of the ball. And I think you're going to look at Teron Johnson on the defensive side of the ball. Teron Johnson plays undoubtedly the, the, the money position on defense now, which is a slot cornerback. I mean, how many slot wide receivers are there in the NFL that have now starting to rise out of the, you know, usually you have the outside guy on both sides and th those are your horses. You'd have, you'd have Rice and Taylor on the outside. Like, like I said, once again, different era, but now a lot of these slot corners are having to, the, to guard the big money guys with these evolve offenses where guys are moving around all over the place. Teron Johnson is going to be one of your guys. You have an, a number one uh, pick in, in uh, Tredavious White. You have a number one pick in Kair Elam. You have the safety tandem back there. However, how could that slot cornerback, it could be like the swing um, uh, position in any type of game there. And then what we've seen with the running back position mostly, uh, and I think it started with Sean Payton and Alvin Kamara. We've noticed Alvin Kamara's rookie year, he didn't start right away. He, you know, the burnout for running backs in their rookie season is evident. And, you know, Sean Payton was very well aware of this. And so he kept him out of the lineup the first three or four weeks, only playing him sparingly. Why? These college kids only played, you know, 12, 13 games. You know, now you're going, now it's your job. It's a profession. You're playing 17 weeks. The burnout is real. You want to take a look at a burnout? Look at Leonard Fournette's rookie season. They ran that man into the ground. So I think what's going to happen is, Although Devin Singletary will be your starting running back coming out of the gates, I think little by little you start you're you're going to start to see James Cook and his abilities both as a runner and a passer being able to get to the edge, which Buffalo hasn't had running backs that could get to the edge very very well. You're going to see him around week six, seven, or eight start to come onto this offense and and bring a new element that has never been seen before. So follow up on you picking uh, Cook as your you know one of the unexpected players. Mm -hmm. maybe it's just because it's me and that's why I don't see it as an unexpected uh, impact to the, to the bills. Mm -hmm. I mean, I text messaged you immediately after they drafted him and just said, I love that pick. Yeah. Like, it, it's, mm -hmm. and, and I think it was a missing element to what Buffalo needed uh, for a couple of different reasons. A established run game B maybe protect Josh Allen a little bit and not have him have to be the leading rusher of Buffalo. You know, like, yeah, like when yeah. he's make him want to throw and not run the ball because, you know, the teams are ready for the run. Do you think people are really going to see him as an unexpected contributor this year? And I love your Kamara point. And being, listen, I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan. We watch Damian Harris, Ramondre mm. Steven. We watch lots of great Patriot, <laughs> James White running backs yeah. get red shirted and people scream about what a waste of a pick until they come in the next season. Yeah. I mean, the thing. Like you said, in, in the evolution of the game and how social media is, you're not going to hear his name in the in the papers for the first three or four weeks, and people are going to wonder, what's wrong with him? That's the immediate thing that they go to. What's wrong with him? No, this is how the NFL is right now. I can even, you know, I'll include CMC in that. I mean, we saw, we saw the impact of CMC in the first four or five weeks of his rookie season. Then what happened? He started to dive down a little bit. So I think they want to protect their investment there as well as their investment in Josh Allen. I think you're 100% right. They want to have him take that up. The question for Cook is going to be, are you a two-down back or are you a three-down back? How quickly can he pick up the pass pro in there so he could be in there on third downs with Allen, either as a receiving threat or being the sixth guy to, to stay in for protection if teams are starting to get through uh, on this offensive line, which I think has been completely revamped, probably the best offensive line that I've seen for the Buffalo Bills in probably the past 10 years. 
Okay, so I am going to ask you one follow-up here, and and I am going to relate it back to the New England Patriots, not arrogantly, but it's yeah. going to sound that way. So I apologize how it comes out. But They've been the bar for a long time, right? It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but I look at the Buffalo Bills, and I look at how this team is, is situated and built, and I'm sorry. I don't look at your running back stable, and it doesn't scare me. One guy scares me, but the stable doesn't scare me. Mm-hmm. Why don't they look at the way – New England has used running backs at least over the last 10 years by committee where the James whites of the world have 900 receiving yards, but you know, a hundred rushing yards, but right behind him, Damien Harris is running for almost a thousand in his rookie season or Sony Michelle runs for, for a thousand behind nine, you know, 700 receiving yards. Why hasn't Buffalo went there yet or tried to build their running back core to be like that? Or is that just not who Buffalo is? I think the fact that you have such a, that, that I mean, not, I don't want to say, and I don't want this to be a knock on you with the New England Patriots, but we're starting to see an evolution of the quarterback position where guys that are more mobile are coming into the league. You start to see Lamar Jackson, you start to see uh, Herbert, even uh, Daniel Jones. Now you got Josh Allen. You got these guys that can move out of the pocket. So what does that do? That opens up things for for them to run, even when if teams want to go man to man against you. I mean, what what did um. What did New England do when teams were going man to man? Brady would just call a rub route with with Julian Edelman and throw you know, throw the guy open. What do they do now? When guys turn their backs on Josh Allen in the first couple of years, he would just take off. He would one two reads and then he would be gone. I think because you have the evolution of that. Plus, we're talking about two different systems, Ray. I mean, the system that is in New England is far different than the system that is in Buffalo. So when you start to see those things, it's kind of like you know you have a Jaguar, but you're only going to drive at 30 miles an hour inside the town. When you have Josh Allen who has his legs as a weapon, it's kind of hard not to use those things or the illusion or threat of the, of his legs, which will open up things for all these other guys. You start talking about the running back stable for the Buffalo Bills not being so scary. In the wide receiver core, you have Stephon Diggs making a ton of money, and then you have a bunch of guys making rookie deals or little money. In the, in the defensive backfield, you have Tredavious White making all the money, and you have a bunch of guys making one, two, three million dollars. So it's that it's that system that is going on where you have maybe one guy that has proven himself because that's what being really lo- being a McDermott really love one guy that proves yourself then you'll get your money and then you fill it in with role playing guys that can that can really be solid contributors contributors for you I'll tell you right now Devin Singletary Zach Moss and James Cook they don't readily scare me but put in the hands of a signal caller, which has been developed by both Brian Dable and I believe what you said before, Diggs, being able to get these guys in open space, they can be very, very dangerous. If Josh Allen wasn't the Buffalo Bills quarterback, would you agree with this next point I'm going to make? Because it ha- is something, and it's not as a Patriots, it's been as a football fan. So and it, let's, I'll say when I got frustrated, I'm not watching a Patriots game. Because of the new mobile quarterback, They've kept the quarterback rules the same with the slides and the gifts out. And we've seen guys like Patrick Mahomes fade to the the sideline. So the defender holds up because he doesn't want to take a penalty. And then Mahomes takes an extra five yards, right? And we've started to see that be there. Now, Josh Allen's a guy who will take, take a beating, but he will go and, you know, he'll run for, for yards and then, and then slide. If the NFL is going to, convert to this hey we're gonna have a you know three quarters of a quarterback and a quarter running back i think that they need to start adapting these these rules that when the quarterback leaves the pocket he becomes free game like a running back would be there is no giving yourself up 
I think as far as the game itself, I, I think on the field, you probably have a point, Ray. However, we have to remember what the NFL is. The NFL is first and foremost a business. And the most premier position for all 32 teams is your quarterback position. They don't want to have guys knocked out. They don't want to have guys miss time. Because if you're if you, if you buy tickets to see Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes, and then all of a sudden, because you made a rule change, Mahomes has an injured ankle and Allen is limited, not many people are going to show up to watch, you know, <laughs> They're not going to watch Case Keenum go up against, I don't even know who the backup is in Kansas City, but the point being is that you, they're not going to pay to watch that. They're going to pay to watch the premier players. Which they, went, they went 3-0 and when Mahomes was out. They did? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I just, last backup I remember there was Brock Heward, so I have no idea. <laughs> I, guess, I guess for me it's just, you're, you're right. I do want to watch Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen go at it and play a football game, not, not watch a race. I'll, you know, I'll, and sometimes I'll it, let me liken it to a different sport for you, Ray. It's like, remember in the late nineties baseball, these guys were all cheating. These guys were all jacking themselves up with, with, with steroids and stuff like that. Probably one of the most exciting times to watch baseball. Even however, though, though, however, the pitchers were cheating too. A la oh, yeah. Roger Clemens oh, yeah. and, and winning really Cy Young's because of it yeah. where, but that's where it, it's not the same. And then I got to move on because we're almost out of time here. Yes. Yeah. But it's it's where it's not the same because the quarterback does get that unfair advantage. Like I I think yeah. now, okay, fine. If you want to be able to, they got to give themselves up. I'll, I'll agree with you. It's a business. But I think now if a quarterback starts a beeline for the sidelines, you call it dead because it, there shouldn't be this tiptoe the sideline. Nobody can touch you because they don't want to take a penalty. And he picks up three. I saw Patrick Mahomes pick up multiple first downs. And it's only a matter of time till Josh Allen does it. It's only a matter of time till Lamar does it, where you they run the sideline because if he gets hit out of bounds, they're gonna get a they're gonna get a penalty for rough. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. they gotta change at least change the rule and say, you know what? As soon as you start making your cut to the sideline, it's a dead ball. Because well, you could, it, it's you could do that, Ray. Because what 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 then you would have to do? It just off the top of my head, you would have to make the field instead of fifty three you know, 53 yards wide, you'd have to make it 43 yards wide. So put five yards on each sideline where once the quarterback crosses that line, plays dead. Or you know, he, So they can't tiptoe. So then if he turns it up when he's within five yards of the sideline, you know or, he's actually going to go or for Or if they take that five yards, if he slows his pace, they call it dead. And you can mm -hmm. see when it – when Mahomes is jogging to the sideline and then suddenly sprints, that's completely deking the and they've called it in college now. They call yeah, them dead. They're they're willingly giving themselves up and they're in their they're inflating the rule itself. Yes. All right. Gotta move on here. You and I have another podcast to go record, and I'm almost at my time limit for what I'm allowed here. So the Los Angeles Rams, as we've talked about, are the defending Super Bowl champions. And like every championship team, they've had some turnover. Vaughn Miller, obviously, is now with the Buffalo Bills this season. Odell Beckham Jr. is a free agent. He's also healing from an ACL injury. He's not going to be in L.A. for Thursday's game. The Rams still have Matthew Stafford, the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. They had the triple crown winner, Cooper Cup. Uh, they have quite possibly the most dominant defensive player to ever play the game, Aaron Donald. And they got this guy, Jalen Ramsey. Let's also not forget that the Bills, as strong as they are in that secondary, are going to have to do this without Tredavious White, who's starting the, the year on the pup list. Mm -hmm. All in all, it's going to be a challenging week one for the defending AFC East champions. What do the Bills have to do to ensure a victory over the Rams? 
Uh, they have to try to limit their mistakes and, and, and limit the hype. We saw the Buffalo Bills come into last season with so much hype, and they, they got humbled by the Pittsburgh Steelers week one. I think that they have to try – they're adjusting to a new offensive coordinator. You saw some guys shuffle down the offensive line. The communication has to be paramount. I think – I don't know if you can get in a track meet with L.A., which everyone is expecting them to do. Um, defenses typically over the first three, four, five weeks of the season are much farther ahead than, than the offenses before, especially if you've had a lot of turnover, as you said, um, the Rams are going to have Allen Robinson there. Who's no slouch himself. So, I mean, Stafford did win a Super Bowl last year, despite your overrated comment, but I think the Buffalo bills have tried, have to try to play the field position game. They have to try to, um, get, you know, they have to try to limit, um, what LA can do instead of, you know, trading seven for three, you can't do that with a team like LA. So I, you know, I expect this to be a very highly contested battle. Unfortunately in the picks that we did uh, quite a bit ago on hashtag sports, I had the Buffalo bills losing to the LA Rams in the opener, uh, you know, back-to-back season opening losses. I have them losing 21 to 17. Okay. So you and I have agreed that this is going to be a regular segment at least for the football season for race sports ran and i'm going to ask you the same question based on the opponent every week you're going to give an answer yes or no no yeah buts no explanation yes or no are the buffalo bills a better team than the la rams yes all right tell the people where they can find you and paul and what you guys are doing over on hashtag sports we are over at hashtag sports uh, on youtube we are on all the social media we are on instagram twitter TikTok. We are uh, we are on in iTunes and Spotify as well. We are going to be offering play by play of the game um, on hashtag Sports, and then we are going to also offer a post game. We are going to be doing our fantasy football league picks as well. We have our Wednesday picks, uh, the razor sharp picks on uh, every Wednesday, which are going to be coming up very very soon. We also um, are going to be doing a charity golf tournament. Every year we pick a charity and we decide that all the super chats and everything uh, for our golf tournament that we have will be going toward that charity. We're working with the Williams Syndrome this year, uh, williamssyndrome.org, and we are having our tournament uh, the, the day before the home opener for the Buffalo Bills against the Tennessee Titans on September 17th. So if you like playing in scrambles and you want to win some jerseys. We have a silent auction afterward. Come on down to Diamond Hawk, which is near the Buffalo Airport. But, uh, you know, follow hashtag Sports at, at, on on YouTube, and you can find all the information right there. Great cause, great guys. Check them out. Hashtag Sports Mario. Thank you so much. You got it. And thank you to everybody who tuned in today. Make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, download the podcast. You can find it over at DeanBlundell.com. I'm also on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts. All those good places, and you can find tons and tons of great sports content over at DeanBlendell.com. I got to get out of here. Never forget, you're all legit, kid. Hey, listeners. I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. 
Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth.